Two Humorous Nurses would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we record the podcast, the Yorty Ordination. We pay our respects to the Elders past and present and extend that respect to other Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders who are listening today. Always was, always will be. Two Humorous Nurses with Kelly and Alicia, the podcast that gives good hand. Over. <laughs> Welcome to Two Humorous Nurses, where we plan to bring you funny, informal, conversational chat about all things nursing. And hand jobs, apparently. <laughs> My nine-year-old daughter just looked at you. <laughs> she doesn't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Going well as usual. This week we're going to put our <laughs> educational hats on and try to be smart. And we're going to give you the dummies guide to handing over because we had a really good response to our uh, recess for dummies, which was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, we did actually. Mm. Um, Very popular. And because we don't take ourselves too seriously, we don't pretend to be experts at anything. Well, maybe we do pretend. We're definitely not experts at anything. Um, we are going to give you the dummies guide to hand over. Communication is the key to... Yeah, I feel like as you get older, literally everything, everything, they're like, what's the problem? Uh, communication. What can fix it? <laughs> communication. Every Vim's ever, <laughs> ever, other than like, oh no, I seriously, I think almost every Vim's but ever. But even just not in nursing, like in life, like oh, problem yeah, with absolutely. your partner, communicate, mm-hmm. problem with your kid, communicate. Oh, yeah, so true. Problem with your neighbour, your dog barks too much, communicate. Like, or just set their fence on fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, obviously nursing handover is something that we do every day, every shift, all the time. Oh, you're just doing it constantly. It's not even like the formal version of handover. You're doing a lot. It's like the, even just the informal little handovers. handovers. Mm. Um, and you're doing it not just to the other nurses on your shift, but to doctors, other departments, family members, ambulance officers, the cleaner. On the phone, like the (laughs) the cleaner. We'd be like, yeah, that are. person's violent, Infectious, you can't go in the room, or, yeah, or that exactly. person's got COVID, leave their dinner outside. How, I don't know how they're going to get it because I'm not taking it in there either, but, you know. like <laughs> like a prison. Um, and when it's done well, it can, like, set you up for a super successful mm. admission, discharge, Definitely. shift. I think a lot of the good – a lot of the positive feedback I get from staff when I'm in charge is always, like, we always know what's going on when you're in charge. Like – yeah, and that's that that constant communication or giving regular feedback or like giving people a heads up and yeah, exactly, you know, letting them know what might be coming through, mm. what you know, le- and that and knowing when who's discharging who and what yeah. and like, yeah, I think it's really important to um, communicate and handover is just one form of communication that nurses use. Yeah, like, of course. Um, sometimes, when, especially when you're in charge, you feel like you're handing over all the time, like. Just getting transfers or getting, I don't know, you just, and handing over from, well, in our, in our role, like getting handover from the urgent care and then giving handover to the yeah. bedside nurse or. And handovers know. changed so much in the like 22 years I've been nursing. Do you know, I was trying to look at like some, I was trying to find some articles, handover, like I've been using Ijbar since I left school, like since I mm. left uni. And I feel like I was really trying to find some some sort of like documents or any records of how handover has changed yeah. over time. But I think because handover was ma- like 
just verbal. Like I remember one of our senior nurses always says that when he, like he doesn't take notes during handover because when he first became a nurse, you didn't, you didn't write anything down. You just had to remember it all. So that was, that's just <laughs> like occasionally he would write stuff down. But um, yeah, he would just yeah. say like he doesn't need to write things down because he will remember them. Fair enough. And I will say that he doesn't remember everything. <laughs> <laughs> I love him, but he doesn't remember everything. And um, well, yeah, when I, I first started in nursing in like 2000, um, we were on a, be- a busy surgical ward, ENT, ophthalmology and colorectal. Don't ask. What a weird mix. Mouth and bum. <laughs> so you go from like doing stomas to putting in eye drops. Oh. <laughs> Hand hygiene was very important. Um, but we, I'd never really, we weren't taught ISBA or anything mm. like that. So, um, but I think when I look back, it was pretty much the concept was there. So we would mm. hand over on a tape. So we would go in yep. at the end of, or if it was or after night shift, we would hand over on tape. Yeah. But like on a late shift like from morning to afternoon or afternoon to night, the um, in-charge nurse would hand over, but yeah. we would hand over to her. Yeah. And I can remember I did a big run of nights and by night six I was like, I went on the tape and I said, I'm like, good morning, this is Kelly and I'm handing over rooms one to eight, no changes, and like <laughs> walked down. <laughs> Terrible. Because I was like, there'd I, literally be no changes and we had a written handover sheet yeah. which was super um, – Like detailed. Very, very detailed. Mm. Like it had everything on there and um, and super easy to use and follow and update. Um, and so like there really was no need to do mm. like a – Well, that's the same, I guess, when I used to work in aged care, the handover would be John Smith, he's the same, yeah. next one. So-and-so <laughs> got up to go to the toilet during the night and, oh, we ended up changing her pyjamas. Yeah, full it. bed sheet change. Like, <laughs> like telling you – basically, they're just telling you what they did in that shift. During the shift, yeah. It's not really telling you anything about <laughs> the patient. It's just but saying, a lot of I had to take them to the toilet six yeah. times. I had to change their sheets. Yeah, so be nice to me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or – I didn't get to do that because mm. I was doing all those toilet toilings. I didn't get to do those 6 p.m. suppositories. Sorry, it. do it yourself. I love a good defensive nurse. Like when you come in and they're off the bat defensive about all the shit they didn't get I had done. the worst shift today. There's nothing worse than walking in at like, like 1 o'clock for your 1.30 start and the nurses be like, it is so busy, so busy today. I'm like, why are you at the nurse's station then? Do you know, I... <laughs> When, if I've had a shit show of a shift and the afternoon staff have, are coming on, I don't say how chaotic it is, but you can see it on my face. So like, hi. I don't have hi. time to look at so you. So glad like, you're here. I'm so busy that I don't even have time to look at you and it's tell you how busy it is. After you've had like the shittest night shift mm. and you see those morning girls, first of all, the 6pm, the lights go back on. You're like, nope, not ready for this oh. brightness. 6am. 6am, yeah. <laughs> and then the night, the first girls come in and you're like, the dolphins all. Welcome. Like, Or if you've had the slowest night of your life and you're sitting there wrapped in a blanket because not one person. And you hand over and realise you didn't do any of the like seven o'clock thyroid scenes because you've been so slow all night you forgot. (laughs) I feel like, yeah. Anyway, we digress. So fully off track already. (laughs) So obviously there's many ways to hand over. Um, We hand over a lot face to face at the nurse's station or at the bedside, on the phone, even recording on tape which <laughs> do you I'm remember so we tried that about. for a while we d- uh, no that we used to do 
it used to be done all the time. Yeah. And then they, um, they I think they brought it back in and then it went out again. Yeah. Yeah. It stops the dilly-dallying and the off offshoot stories because, I mean, you've oh, listened yeah. to me and Alicia. We love an offshoot story. Oh, yeah. But I, I tell you what, I'm fucking fierce when it comes to handover. Like, I'm yeah. – because of my personality type, I hate anything that's <laughs> inefficient. So – if I'm sitting there and I'm looking at the clock and I'm looking at these you. people and I was like, and I literally turn around and go, okay, back to the patient. Be like, <laughs> okay, you can talk about the weekend when, when we get out of here. It's it's fine if you're on shift because oh, you're like, shit. I got all day. If you want to stay late because you've kept me in hand over 45 minutes, mm. that's on you, mate. Yeah, Not true. on me. I'm yeah. here. I'm here for the rest of the shift. Talk as long as you want. The way we do it now is quite well, I think. Um, it's like... There's no group handover, everybody sitting in one room. It's like the A-num and the after-hours manager will have a... Um, Chitty chat? A, well, do a handover. And yeah. it's a lot of the time, it's th- it's that kind of handover th- that I like because it's the information that I need Correct. from the in-charge. Yeah. I don't need to know about everybody's bowel motions unless yeah. they're day 10 or something. <laughs> no, yeah. You know, I you know, I'll, I appreciate that, like, to the point, concise, direct yep. handover. But anyway... Uh, there's, yeah, so I guess we are going to talk a little bit about the tools that we use to hand over as well. So for yeah. instance, um, there's an acronym called ISBA. If you haven't heard of it, type it into Google, you'll get loads of results. It's I-S-B-A-R. actually what is promoted by the Australian Commission of Safety and Quality in Healthcare. Mm. So they're all the standards. Everyone would know the standards, don't you? You, you all know the so. standards. Absolutely. Know standard seven is blood. <laughs> And <laughs> I couldn't tell you like Standard five which is comprehensive care. Okay, so I couldn't tell you which ones the numbers correlate to, but I could tell you all the And same. they change all the time. There used to be I six, know. now there's nine or eight or there something eight, like that. Yeah. Um, but standard six is communicating for safety standard. Aims to ensure timely, purpose-driven driven and effective communication and documentation that supports continuous and coordinated and safe care for patients. Um, and they basically stick with the ISBA as their mm. gold standard gold standard for yeah. handover. And I, think I use that for everything. It really now. does encompass everything that you need mm. to say about a person. And I think a lot of the handover softwares that we use, yeah. like um, what's the one we use? IPM. The way yeah. that you put in the information and the way that it's printed for your staff, like if you work on a ward, I'm not sure how a lot of other places would. Well, I guess a lot of places aren't paper-based either. They're all online, so all their stuff would be like electronic anyway i think even the electronic like i remember working uh oh I'm, i don't know i can't remember that far back now yeah. but um i guess in aged care a lot of them still um paper-based handover sheets like i would imagine it's good to have that i like hard a paper copy handover, hand, yeah. handover sheet. i wonder if if anyone's out there who they don't get a handover sheet at the start of their shift i'd love yeah. to know how you, do you do how do you navigate that but um yeah, so a lot of the time those printed out ones are literally in the columns, like identify. So that's got your... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, let's just go through it. So ISBAR obviously stands for Identify Situation Background Assessment and Response or Recommendations. Mm. Um, so let's just run through them and give yeah. brief examples maybe. Yeah, so um, the first one is identify. So um, if you're doing... So if you're looking at the paper-based one, that will that's where your patient's information will be about their name, their date of birth, whether they're at sea or not. I guess oh, and their gender, I suppose. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's just their three main identifiers, yeah. isn't it? Oh, and their UR number, yeah. Yeah. Um, or their MR Day number, birth. whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and then it will have the bed that they're 
correlated to you as well. And if you're doing a handover to somebody else, identify also includes you. Yeah. So your name, your role, um, like in relation to the patient that you're handing over. Yeah. Unless it's like Joanne that you see every yeah. single day. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, like even in my role, I have to hand, sometimes I have to hand over to another hospital because my patient oh, yeah, deteriorates or so send them off. Yeah. But I also like to identify who I'm talking to yes. and their name and their role Absolutely. and maybe their number or something like yes. that. So you want to identify all the parties involved, yeah. which is easy to do on a ward handover because you'd be like, this is Joe Blog, And these are people that you work with every day. Yeah. Whereas if it's like into her hospital. Or, yeah. yeah. Or to an ambulance. Yeah. Anything Absolutely. like that. Even even if you're um, doing it to like radiography yeah, or somewhere sure. like that, they, yeah. you know, you should hand over. And especially because a lot of the time, like, I mean, you've got a document. Who did you hand over to? And mm. <laughs> you're like, um, A num 5B. Yeah, that's right. And there's, <laughs> and there's like left. 35 <laughs> A nums on that ward. <laughs> Um, our hand, our deteriorating patient um, handover sheet is literally in the form of ISBA and I'm now going to put on there who I spoke to. Yeah. I'm going to change it because in the identify part, we don't actually have that. Who you spoke to. Yeah. yeah. And it's definitely good for if something was to go wrong. As a prompt. Um, yeah. You definitely, Cause it's good to have Because worse than sending a person to the ED after you spoke to the admitting officer and you've sent them all the information necessary, you faxed it over, the patient gets in, they're like, I don't know anything about yeah. this. And you're like, I just had a 15 minute conversation with your admitting yeah, officer. Exactly right. And your well, name. Which and admitting officer. Yeah. Like, and at least you can put their name down and say, and what exactly. time you spoke to them. Yeah. Because I mean, it's that accountability as well. And if it's not written down, it never happens. Well, that's it. And I think too, when, when you are really busy, I mean, I take friggin' 50 to 100 phone calls a day when oh, I'm at yeah. work. And when you're busy sometimes, <laughs> you do forget shit. That's why I like, I know I have to write everything down. I always tell my patients to ring me back if they haven't heard in two days because I'm <laughs> <laughs> just in case. Just think, she knows she's going to forget. Um, so situation, so uh, what's going on with your patient basically? What's their current situation? What's the reason that they've come to hospital? Why are you calling this person? Uh, has there been a change? Like what's their current status? I guess basically like what's the situation that they're in and what's the situation that you're in. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I feel like you can't really explain it any more succinct. So, um, Noni's out there. Blue you Rain. scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me that like Ollie's outside eating the dog's bone or something. My like, grandma comes back as a blue wren to me and... I had a scene out of Alicia's window. She likes what we're doing. <laughs> oh, my God. You're giving me the heebie-jeebies. Um, just quickly, to digress. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, Might cut this out. Um, no, don't cut it out. Well, I mean, you can. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went for a walk yesterday. No, day before yesterday. And while I was walking, no joke, I would have seen like 40 butterflies. And that oh. has never happened to me before. And they were all the same, those orange and yeah. black, like... I don't know. They're beautiful. Yeah. And it was just, I was walking along the train tracks, just walking. Yeah. And no joke, like, and I'm talking, they all like flew past me from my right side to my left side. Oh my all God. of them. Like, and I'm talking, it was like one. And then I was like, oh, that's a cool butterfly. And that's another one. I'm like, oh, there's a few butterflies out today. And it literally like kept happening. That's amazing. I know. And the, it fully gave me the whole, I need to Google this and find out. And it's mm. like rebirth, re you know, whatever. I don't, I, it's yeah. interesting. It's, um, you know, cause butterfly, it's like metamorphosis yeah, kind of, of metaphor, yeah. but, um, yeah. I, anyway, 
Wow. Well, that's a cool little side note. Side note. If you're getting <laughs> bored with the podcast, we'll just add that in. <laughs> right. So the next one's background. Uh, background. What's been happening with the patient? Yeah. So or, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Like during the shift, um, you know, what's their current diagnosis? What's their current plan of care? Or what's their like, do they have any underlying Line. conditions? Yeah. Like, um, do they have a problem with their gait because they've had yeah. um, multiple toes amputated or you know i guess it gives a bit more background to the current situation and you can um hand over things that might be risks then too so falls risks or um absconding risks or low socioeconomic status yeah you can hand over other things like anything that's basically will give the next person taking over the care of that patient some information about it so sometimes when i hand over my oncology patients i'll especially if we're transferring them out and they're like really scared or something, like I'll give them background into why they might be freaking out over something so small Mm -hmm. because for us we're like, why would you get upset about having your blood pressure taken? But for them, every time they have their blood pressure taken, it ends up with them going to hospital because it's so high or, you know, just something. Like give give whoever it is background on anything that is appropriate. And relevant. Yeah. Yeah. And it might be like even little things like care, like, well, we didn't do any showers today because, you know, they had visitors all morning or they mm-hmm. attended heaps of things. So, uh, like, more information so your afternoon shift doesn't have a whinge about it either. Yeah, like, and I guess – and it gives them a bit more context to the human. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. And if you can involve the patient in that chat too um, so that they feel like they're, they're part of it in that, mm. you know, like you can explain to the – you know, we – we had to do this dressing. It took really long, and they're they're a little bit more fragile today, and um, or they're really anxious because they had a scan and they haven't seen the doctor yet, and they're waiting, and yeah, just all those things. Like it makes yeah. sense in the moment. You probably already do it, but I think sometimes we don't think about those little things that mm. patients go through in a hospital. Oh, absolutely, um, that we just get on with our day because mm. we have five or six patients, mm. and then but that one patient, it means a lot. So yeah. And I think too, as well, like if someone comes in with, an, you know, one specific diagnosis, maybe something, I don't know, I don't think I'm explaining this properly, but hypothetically, like say someone comes in in like a mental crisis or something yeah. and then later you find out, oh, well, they lost three family members in 12 months or they, you know, yeah. it's those kind of things that you think, oh, well, they're in mental crisis, so we're treating their mental illness or whatever it is. Yeah. Or, and then you, or it's like, oh, but they they know that i don't know it could even like someone comes in with heart problems right and this i'll use Mick as an example so his his family has an extremely strong predisposition to high blood pressure yeah. at a young age and so uh if he went to a hospital and he had high blood pressure like he's only 37 so they'd be like oh just get it checked with your gp but then when you add that context of oh, well, there's yeah. a strong family history. You know, it's that kind of giving context and yeah. adding layers to the human that's in yeah. front of you. Yeah. yeah. And even if patients come in for something completely like um, like benign really, mm. you know, like they had a fall at home, you know, so they've fractured their hip. Mm-hmm. But they're 89, live alone, so, you, you know, like it's easy. You can account for them having a fall at home yeah, and absolutely. not thinking about it. Yeah. But then they have the scan and it turns out, incidentally that they find a tumour on their mm-hmm. lung. So yep. all of a sudden this person who's had a fractured hip now has lung cancer, yes. is 89, 
lives is alone. now has to make this decision that maybe they can't go home anymore because mm-hmm. maybe you can't go home after you have a fractured hip. They can't recover well. They can't yep. recover well because they have lung cancer. Now they can't. And they probably knew there was something wrong in their lung but hadn't told anybody. Mm-hmm. Like there's these things that slowly build up to yep. that all account to this little if you're handing over well, that's not to say every time you hand over at the back at the bed you have to give this detailed. No, of course not. But it gives a bit of context and even like, for new people. And even just like I've you know, you see it on the handover sheet occasionally, like new diagnosis of lung CA or and then lives alone. Like just literally yeah. two lines that tell you so much about the so patient. Much. Yeah. Um Yeah, so and that's I mean, that's a big It is a big it's, it's a big one. But it, and it could be big or it could be nothing yeah but it's worth exploring absolutely like that holistic picture Mm. of people yeah for sure uh assessment so (laughs) this one obviously provide uh details of any observations procedures treatments and then i guess uh if you're doing this in person i mean paper versus in person i guess on paper it's much more succinct and professional whereas in yeah. in person you can give your opinions or give um, your feelings and thoughts yeah yeah rather than objective yeah absolutely. so when you hand over in written form you should always be objective. objective yeah you should never put your state your opinion or put your thoughts you should state facts mm. and I think that's something to remember too absolutely because yeah. you should never put your own bias in in, notes. in your notes yeah, yeah for sure um, but you can when you I mean, in your notes, you could say patient appeals appears very anxious and then you can say why you think uh, yeah. that, that they appear anxious. Yeah. But then if you're handing over in person, you could say like, and if you, you know, if you're in front of the patient, you can say, I really feel that they're not getting the attention that they need from whatever, or I really yeah. feel that we need to move the um, appointment forward because that, you know, yeah. I guess you can put, yeah, your own um, subjective thoughts and feelings yeah. into your handover because I feel like a part of our job is persuasion. Wow. <laughs> and Absolutely. sometimes appealing to people's emotions or being persuasion emotive. coercion. <laughs> you have to be coercive sometimes too, <laughs> depending on what kind of nursing you're doing. But, um, yeah, I mean, sometimes you have to persuade the doctors that what you believe yeah. might be more right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget um, when I was in Broome, I had a young girl in, she was 16 and she was really, really unwell, but we couldn't work out what was wrong with her. And all her stats were good, right? Her Mm -hmm. stats were good. Her obs were good. But when you just looked at her, you were like, I remember I was on night shift and I just went out to my in-charge and I said to her, like, I know her obs are fine but there's something wrong with her. Mm. Like there's something wrong with her. I'm really worried. I think we should get the doctor to assess her. Mm. Bit of nurse's intuition. Yeah, it? absolutely. <laughs> and I was an EN at this stage. So for me to speak up was a lot. Yeah, like, for sure. Um, and for me to ask for a doctor's, you know, when mm. all the obs were perfectly fine, yeah, but course. she just didn't look and Quite she right. didn't feel right. She couldn't put her finger on it. And she was just, yeah, like it was really weird. Anyway, it was about two in the morning and, we called the ED and the doctor that was there, he was like, yep, I'll be up in a minute. It's quiet in here. And then um, he came up and he went in and he said to me, before he even looked at her, he's like, what is it that made you call me? Mm. And I said to him, I just feel like everything's fine, but in I don't know when it's not going to be fine yeah. anymore. 
And when we went in there, he sat with her and he like, we did the obs again and he'd asked, he was asking her about what she was doing in the lead up to coming into the hospital, right? And then, and she'd been out camping mm-hmm. um, with her family in this particular area and they'd been out there for weeks and, and he'd come back out and he said, I think we need to run. Now, I wish I could remember the name of this particular oh, yeah. disease, right? Or um, condition. And he said, I think we need to run a test for this and she needs a chest X-ray. Like, I think we should call in the oncologist, right. and I think we need to do this now. Anyway, she had this chest um, infection from the soil in the area oh. that we were at. So this doctor, it was a broom local. Right. And he'd recently seen a case of it in a patient at ED who ended up intubated and sent to oh, Perth. Oh, God. And he just said, he said to me, I'm glad you called this within 24 hours. She could uh, die. Oh, my God. Could have died. And he's like, that's exactly how they present. And he's, he said, basically, the disease just becomes, I think it's like a fungal type thing. Sure. Like, it's not, like, it's it's not, but like, that's yeah, yeah. in that sense that it like sort of grows and sticks to all the um, alveoli right. in their lung. And yeah. it basically, it stops them from being able to work. Oh, my God. In my, like, it's just one of those random things that he'd only seen a handful of times but had recently seen one so it was stuck in the back of his head and he was like you made the right call i don't know what why i was like so pushy for a doctor because i mean really there's nothing yeah exactly yeah do you know you just reminded me of a story i have to say it now yeah i will never this will never ever leave (laughs) my mind a patient came in and said i think i'm leaking spinal fluid (laughs) And my first reaction was, righto. Okay, mate. Like, where from? (laughs) He came in and his nose was dripping. And my first thought was, that's boogers. Yeah, you got a cold. No. Did you taste the spinal fluid? I did not taste it. (laughs) I caught some of it. And then when I rang a doctor and tried to tell him, I think this patient's leaking spinal fluid. He just laughed. He's like, what do you mean? Which doctor did you ring? Doctor. Oh. <laughs> I'll beat that bit out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could imagine his response. Oh, God. I just want to laugh so loud. <laughs> <laughs> and he came in and I showed him and he was like, holy shit. How does that even happen? And he like, he was committed. He's like, yeah, I think he's leaking spinal fluid. <laughs> Like I know, <laughs> oh, God. so what it turned did you out do? I just laid him down. I didn't know what yeah, to do. Did he have a CT or something? Like so, yeah. So we well, we ended up ringing Melbourne, uh, like St Vincent's or something, and he was airlifted. This person with no symptoms whatsoever, <laughs> just a bit of drippy nose, just a drippy nose. Do you know the outcome of this story? Um, yeah. Bed rest for two weeks and was then it? he was fine. Yeah, oh. there was a hole. So it can happen like oh, naturally. Yeah. You can get a hole like a at like the back of your neck or something. I, I did research it and I've to- it's totally left my brain. I wonder how many people have accidentally poked through doing um, rat tests, <laughs> giving themselves a leaky spinal fluid out their nose. <laughs> but that's literally what happens. Like it's, it's, it's not yeah. common, but it was like when I had mentioned it, they were like, oh, yeah, we know what that is. Oh. And I was like, oh, okay, so this is obviously an occurrence that's not totally abnormal. That handover would have been very interesting. Fucking hell. <laughs> I've never laughed What's so... What's the like, situation? He's dripping from the nose. I think it's spinal fluid. 
What other information can you provide? Not boogers. Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) He's fine. He's fine. (laughs) But put him on a plane, please. Yes, that's exactly. Yeah, that's how it went. (laughs) That's Um, so funny. And ringing an ambulance to be like, (laughs) so you ring triple zero, and they're like, you know, patient details. Yeah, and then, (laughs) um, my patient's leaking spinal fluid. (laughs) Have you tested it? Do you know? No. Yeah, let me just get out the LP kit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. We don't have that option here. No, seriously. So I think there must be. I reckon I have heard stories of like people tasting fluids to see because it, it's like I must think be sweeter can, or something. I think. Um. I mean, we are pretty low tech. I'm not in. I mean, we, I mean, we're really good for what we do, but there are a few things that are low tech, right? What does spinal fluid taste? Oh. Like. Are we going there? <laughs> Salty and metallic. So next time. <laughs> oh, no, little... to lick it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> get the patient to lick it. Tell me what it tastes like. Um, anyway, I think you can do like, um, what's that purple paper? The, um, yeah, litmus, litmus paper. Litmus paper. I think oh, it might, maybe. you might be yeah. able to litmus paper it. I don't know. Um, anyway. We anyway. just have another little story time Great. for you. Great, yeah, story time. <laughs> um, anyway, so... Yeah. Uh, Fun time. Let's think about, let's go down, back down to assessment. So I guess sometimes you can just look at a patient and go, something wrong, can't say what it is, but something fucking Not wrong sure. with this. But yeah. Something wrong. But yeah. yeah. I, remember, I remember saying that for like four days with, this pa- with one patient, being like, this is not normal. I don't think this is what she's normally like. And, you know, anyway, that's another nurse's intuition yeah. kind of story. But. Um, An assessment also doesn't always just mean OBS. It could be assessment of the wound, assessment of anything. We assess all parts of the patient. I mean, in our work, we are very good at being holistic. Like we do involve families and we do have family meetings with the doctors and like um, with all the social worker and with the discharge coordinator. Like we are so good at that collaborative care. You know, so that assessment can also be because we are a smaller place, so we have time, yes, and opportunity to do that. Absolutely, yeah. And I think, um, you know, all kinds of assessment, like psychosocial assessment, have they yeah. seen the geriatrician? Well, you know, yeah, all those kinds of things. Uh, their any home need assessment before yes. they can go home because they're OT or for or, safety measures or yeah. physio or dietitian or anything. Really. Or are they on an like alcohol withdrawal scale? Yeah. Are they? What other kind of assessment tools are we using? Have they got a spinal? What's you know? It's not yeah. just like OBS. their vital signs. Yeah, it's also all those extra assessments that you vital do. Vital signs play a huge role, but also are limited in what they can show as well absolutely and then our response and recommendations so I think when you're handing over especially this is probably more so for um like a your deteriorating patient handover like you're sending them off somewhere or you're calling a doctor for some orders or something um I think you should always express the um how far like the actual response time that you need so you know like I would like you to come and review this patient ASAP or in the next 24 hours or you know like I think a timeline is always pertinent yeah and I think when doctors say to me you know that person needs to be transferred out I say how long can you wait yeah how long can they wait for an ambulance because I know the ambulance are going to ask me and you said they go medium (laughs) acuity less than 90 minutes yeah because you know they're going to send a triple o not the patient transport vehicle and and if i've triaged them high enough i'll be like 
now. <laughs> She's like, oh. <laughs> I do secretly love it when they say, is this a lights and sirens response? And like, I say. Damn straight, baby. Yes, it is. Yeah. And I say it so calmly. And they think, oh, yeah, this bitch is in control. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Drag Race, so everybody's bitch. Yeah. <laughs> You're a bad bitch. Bad bitch. Um, but when you're handing over between nursing, little things like uh, their cannula fell out while they're having a shower, but I haven't put it back in because their next obs aren't, their next antibiotics aren't due till 8 o'clock tonight. Lazy. Can you just do it beforehand? <laughs> no, but that, I mean, how nice is I it know. to be cannula yeah, yeah. free for yeah, like I if know. you don't need That's it? That's so true. Or, you know, like just – just letting people know when things are, need to be done or, you know, just a, a timeline. Also, from when you do call for, um, like, stuff from the GP or the doctors or whatever, if you need you need stuff, get there, like, get what they want you to do. So, get a full plan. Like, this patient's presented, they're febrile, they got this, and they're like, we'll give them antibiotics and some fluids. <laughs> Okay. Specifically what? Sure. <laughs> not, not yet a nurse practitioner. So, <laughs> yeah, like how much, how frequent? Is this yeah. a one-off? Do you, do I, should I put it on the chart as TDS until you come in and write it up? Yeah. When are you coming in to write it up? I think because we deal, we do deal with a lot of phone orders at a our lot, work. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of our, I mean, all my oncologists are off site. Mm. So I'm lucky because we use a, um, a electronic prescribing system so they can actually put the drugs on at their end and I can see it on my end. But for the haematologists in Melbourne, like especially if people have a um, hypersensitivity reaction to the chemo, mm-hmm. I will often say to them when when it's a known drug that can have hypersensitivity reactions, mm-hmm. I'll be like, could you just chart hydrocort and Phenergan and so like Some PRNs yeah. so that I don't have to call you. Kind of like when you get a theatre patient back and they've forgotten to put the PRNs. You're like, give me yeah. everything <laughs> so then I don't have to call you. And some appearance, please. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I love it when you can sweeten the deal with the, if you do all this now, I won't have to ring you mm, three times later. Exactly. <laughs> if, you do, if you do this right now while you're here yeah. correctly, <laughs> it makes both our lives so much easier. <laughs> Oh, I love micromanaging doctors, <laughs> especially when they know that you're right. That's even better. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't, I mean, we don't have um, interns or residents where we are. Um, or sometimes we do. I mean, do, we do occasionally. Yeah. But I used to love it on the, on um, like the surgical wards in the city and you get like the new round of interns after you've just spent like six to eight months training the last mm-hmm. lot. You just got them where you want them. And then the next lot come in and you'd be like, this person needs some antiemetics. They need 10 milligrams of IV Maxillon, thanks, with um, 8 milligrams of Ondansetron orally PRN. And they'd be like, oh, is that what the, like, consultant wants? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> do you know, I love I love those interns that will come to you. We need to do a whole episode on interns. We actually need to get an intern. Yeah, we do. Yeah. I love it when they come to you and they're like, um, oh, what's the dose of Maxillon? What's the frequency? Yeah. And you're like, 10 milligrams serious things. And then um, the thing that shits me about interns, God love them, but occasionally you get one that really doesn't want the nurse to be mm. right. And we had one not that long ago. <laughs> 
and anytime I asked her for something, she went and got the fucking um, like farm, the therapeutic guidelines up and made sure like would double check yeah. or like would um would go and say, oh no, this patient's kidney function is only at 79 or the EGFR is only at 79. So I'm not going to prescribe that antibiotic at this level. Rah, rah, rah. And I'm like, get fucked. My kidney could be at 79. <laughs> so just do it. Like I'm sure mine was the other week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but very like, dehydrated. <laughs> some, you know, just wanting to do. Yeah everything and I'm like no yes exactly and because I've suggested what it what needs to be done it's kind of like nurse get back (laughs) in your hole and one day I just want to turn around and go you know what bitch I make way more fucking money than you so turn around and and write it down and I don't have to work 80 hours a week (laughs) the um the intern that we've got at the moment he seems so lovely he came down the other day because the GP that I needed to write up some orders was off um on COVID I don't think they had COVID. I think okay. they were just sure. – the kid had COVID or something. Right. Um, but they couldn't come into the hospital and he's like, I can't write them up. And I was like, yeah, okay. He's like, get the intern to do it. So I call the intern. I'm like, can you pop into oncology when you get a moment? So off he comes. He comes down and I was like, can you just write this up? It's like 600 milligrams of infliximab. Oh, and can you write up It's probably never written up chemo. Uh, no, it's immunotherapy. It's oh, not right. for a cancer yeah, patient. Okay. I don't know anything about – Yeah. And I was like, can you write up – um, three lots because this person's having an induction. Um, I said, I can print off the order for you like from the Melbourne. He was like, no, it's okay. The GP told me like that I should write it up. And he goes, I didn't know I had to write three up. And I said, oh, it's just easier for me because it's like fortnightly instead of chasing a doctor. And um, he's like, all right. And I said, I can show you the order. And he goes, no, I trust you. I mean, I'll end up in jail anyway if it's wrong and, you know, you'll, bar- you'll wrap me out. But I'll still <laughs> tell them that the nurse told me to do it. But they won't believe me. But it's okay. I'll just write it up anyway. <laughs> like you don't have to that's heavy and man he was like no no it's fine i do trust you and i was like oh thanks you know He's what a you can, frog. can you know what you should have turned around and said mate doctors kill people and never go to jail oh. <laughs> you should listen to our episode on that <laughs> oh, seriously doctors get away with fucking murder literally it was so funny though i don't know if he just like I knew it wasn't just in a like, mean way at all. It just, was like in a funny, joking way. And I was like laughing. I was like, <laughs> I like you. Come down again. Right? <laughs> While you're here, I've got these like, five other things you can write up for me. <laughs> um, he, it was like he was trying to resist. Yeah. But didn't want to. No. Because maybe hasn't you're answered scary. any of my phone calls since though. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Um, uh, what an episode. We'd be like, so I does everyone like know how laughing. to hand over now? No. Fuck it. Isbar, baby. Isbar. Uh, standard six. Look it up. <laughs> ask your If you got nothing out of this episode, just go and look at the standard and ask your educators. This look, is the kind of um, educational sessions we bring you. This is, Wouldn't yeah. you want to attend one of our education days? Someone should employ us full time to give bullshit education. It, yeah, it would be like the funnest day. I'd have to wear, absolutely, would have to wear 10 or lady pull-ups. I'd wet my pants from laughing too much. <laughs> 10 or lady. I thought you said. I Maybe that could be our next sponsorship. 10 lady oh. pull-ups. <laughs> I don't know anyone that calls them Tenner. That's a it's brand. It's Tina. Oh. Well, I don't know. That's, when I worked in aged care, everybody called them Tina. I learned something the other day that people don't call you know, you know. They call it Uno. No, it's you know, like you know, I'm gonna win when you hit on your very last one. Or not like Uno, the Italian word for one. Is it is it Italian? 
Okay, so complete side <laughs> note, source people. But did you know Uno's bringing out a purely wild card game hand? So the wild cards have all different types of like, you know, skips, whatever. That but sounds fucking terrifying. Wa- <laughs> it sounds like it would be a massively competitive oh, yeah. fight your heads Couldn't off. bring that to my family's house. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait to get it because we've got Uno Flip. Yeah. And we love you know flip like it was i think i got that for amelia's yeah she has one at her grandma's house and it's like the level up of that is spot on (laughs) wow we've covered everything (laughs) sorry people killing it this podcast game (laughs) slay and here i was thinking we could probably try and do a live one somewhere oh we have to i feel like i feel like it's in our bones to do a live episode because let's be honest our episodes are one take. Like they really are. All we and do I... is edit out like people's names we shouldn't say, yeah. or like <laughs> locations. Yeah, seriously. Or, or like, like Kelly fumbling machine. over her words. <laughs> like we literally record an episode in one take. So I feel like we could totally yeah. do a live episode. Uh, we need to find like a little mini art centre or a cafe or something. There that is would one have that us. I have in my head. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, we it would be totally free. We this. would never charge anyone unless the venue charged us. And yeah, then we of course. Would, because I already pay enough for this podcast. And and if we did charge people, wear, it would have to include a drink. Yeah. Yeah. Even if I have to make it myself. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine Kelly, <laughs> Kelly backstage with the Thermy <laughs> making cocktails? Making everyone mango margaritas. <laughs> Love it. Um, okay. Uh, well, um, don't forget to give us a rating on yes. wherever you listen. You can rate on Spotify yes, now. Yes, I'm Do so it. excited. Um, and make sure you tag us in your stories on Instagram. We love that. And Kelly loves her little flower filter that she's using oh, yeah. a lot lately. We've been using Bluey, but I don't have a little kid. I love Bluey. Yeah. Bluey's the bomb. I've literally never seen an ep- oh, half an episode. You need to watch just one and then you'll get it. You'll mm. fully get why it's so good. Yep. Anyway, um, we love just... Uh, engaging with our listeners and our followers, like it's yeah. the best. I literally froth every time we I get a message. I had a conversation last night with someone who was like, I'm a new grad. Tell me how can I sleep? I woke up telling my husband or I woke up telling my, boy- my boyfriend to turn the IV pump off. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, nah, it's going to take a bit of time. Yeah. Try some CBD gummies or mm. just watch a show. Eat I did a bit hear of toast that pinging or- of IV machines like for a long oh. time. And I, even, count, I used to wake up counting Raytech in my sleep. Oh, I was in theatre. The hospital right now used to have like this doorbell was the sound for the patients. It was like... And it was like every time a patient pressed the bell like that you would hear that sound. And that would like haunt my dreams for years. But now we don't have that anymore. It's like a Ding. Yeah, it's great. Anyway. Anyway. Um, follow us on Instagram at Two Humorous Nurses Podcast or send us an email, humorousnurses at gmail.com. That's humorous like the bone. H U M E R U S. Bye. Bye.